you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. I don't know what's going on. All I know is my side of the story. I can't tell no other story. I'm innocent. And Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. Pray these all good pimps for baby for life, for life, for life, for life, for life. Now we know that this is an oft-circulated <laughs> clip that's made its rounds around the internet for so oft. long, for many years. You know, <laughs> for many years we have. Um, identified with this clip you know of pop holding it down okay pimp squad for life but i think what was so there's there's some gems i tell you guys this often there's gems that we have to unearth Mm. and in the very beginning of the video she said you know i don't know what happened all i know is my story i can only tell all i know is my side of the story i can only tell my story stop right there (laughs) you don't even need to go no further that is the sound that needs to be heard around the world. All you really know is your side of the story. So guess what that means? And this is what I mean about black women delivering a message each and every time. As she said, all I know is my side of the story. I can only tell my story. Stop speaking for everybody. Stop speaking on everybody. Stop telling what you think another motherfucker thought about something. Stop reaching in your other people's pots. Okay, and just stay in your own, because as she just said so eloquently, to be exact, all I know is my side of the story. I can only tell my story. The hashtag this week is my story. Be true to yourself. You know, (laughs) stick to what you know. Stay in your lane. Mind your business. All of those things that fall under the umbrella of sticking to your side of the story, because that's all you know which also means and infers that you only doing and operating from a place of knowledge and understanding of what it is that you operating with. (laughs) Do you understand and get my meaning? Know what you're talking about before you open your mouth and to ensure that only talk about things that you know about. Hashtag my story. And with that being said, welcome to the friend zone, which is your look into everything each and every week, mental health, mental wealth, mental hygiene, because who wants a musty brain? I know I don't. Hey, friend, how you doing? And also, I want to give a shout out uh, to Loudspeakers Network because we just celebrated and commemorated over 25 million listens of the Friends on SoundCloud alone, might I add. Friend, you brought up a, a very valid point. 
I mean, you had to say it. You know, you had to Let's say it. Let's be crystal clear, because all we can do is talk about what we know. You know, hashtag <laughs> our story, okay? Mm-hmm. All we know is our story. And what we know about this is that those numbers were reflective of our SoundCloud listens. That doesn't even include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Tidal, Sound, uh, Tidal Stitcher, Stitcher, you name all it. All these incredible, you know! <laughs> all these incredible platforms you know but 25 million listens damn it I'm, I'm happy to celebrate that thank you so much to loudspeakers network um for delivering us a plaque to commemorate that we got plaques on the wall y'all we got plaques on the wall. Yes. 25 got million office, listens my office looking like a recording studio at oh, i was thinking right. about that too friend. i was like oh i'm gonna hang this in my office you like know. how's it gonna look ain't like, that way it goes okay it's busy. i remember in in uh <laughs> one of claude's old apartments he had a long hallway when you first entered <laughs> and it was just plaques going down Lord, the hallway so you knew as soon as Lord. you walked in <laughs> that just gave me chills friend Ooh, just following you into the apartment i always said i cannot wait to have a semblance of a wall like this based off of our work. (laughs) With 25 million listens. That's that's, that's a number, y'all. Yes. And shout out to our SoundCloud family, honestly. The ones that listen on that platform religiously because obviously they're the ones that helped us pull those kind of metrics off. So shout out to y'all. Especially with T.O.'s that be cutting up in the comments, okay? Yes, for real. (laughs) The only comments we read. (laughs) Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I don't be up in them SoundCloud streets too often now. <laughs> I mean, they can get a little spicy sometimes, but we know, we know it's all good. Do you guys have any announcements before we jump in? Um, yes, but I can't talk about it for the next two days. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, you know, pay attention around Thursday. Pay attention around Thursday morning, you know, for something special. But also, <laughs> um, thank you to everyone for. Um, Tuning in to Holding Court, uh, the new podcast that I co-host with the fabulous and incredible Ebony K. Williams, attorney Ebony K. Williams, Real Housewife of New York City, Ebony K. Williams. Um, It's performing so well. We're charting in the news podcast, top 25 over all the fucking podcasts out. Only black podcast in the news category up there. So I'm so grateful for that. And thank you for everybody taking a listen over there. So shout out to Holding Court with Ebony K. Williams on iHeartRadio, a part of the Black Effect Network. So it's a big, it's a it's a, a good thing going on over and there. And don't forget Thank that you. drops today. So after you done listening over here, go over there and listen, okay? Come on, lend me an ear. <laughs> lend me an ear. Lend me an ear. <laughs> lend me an ear. So that's it. Uh, okay, so Dustin, you actually have the Black Business of the Week. I do. Speaking of podcasts. So we get so many inquiries and so many people reach out um, about how to set up a podcast from a tech perspective, what kind of equipment they need. It gets very confusing. It gets very expensive, potentially, and it's just a lot sometimes for people to manage and and understand. So I have a solution for you. Shout out to One of One Production Studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Um, it's a wonderful studio who has created these podcast kits that offer recording, editing, um, equipment that you need. It's basically a kit giving you everything you need to record um, a podcast 
a podcast, excuse me, and they offer kits to reflect how many people you need in your setup. So if you just need a setup for one person, if you need a setup for two people, if That's you want for three people, they have what nice. you need from the Zoom recorders to microphones to uh, cords, shit, everything you need, they got them. And it's right here in New Jersey. So um, shout out to Fela and the crew over there at One of One Productions. Um, if you would like to inquire about getting a podcast set, kit again this is grade a equipment for you to set up your own recording studio at home for a podcast to launch your podcast you have these ideas if you're ready to get moving on them here's where you need to go just send an email to sales s-a-l-e-s at one of one productions that's o-n-e of o-n-e productions.com and tell them that uh you are a listener of the friend zone podcast and you will absolutely get a special discount on your order um and if you need additional information you can also visit their website at one of one that's again o-n-e of o-n-e productions.com send it right over um, they are a wonderful podcast studio, again, that caters to the booming business of podcasts. So check them out right here in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Easy to get around. And these kids can come to you. Tell them the friend's own sent you. And that's our black business for the week. Ew. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do your podcast, y'all. Do your okay. podcast. So on last week's episode, <laughs> <laughs> titled The Vow... We discussed HBO's nine-part documentary series titled The Vow about the sex cult. And then we kind of went went into a conversation about personality traits, what makes certain people more susceptible to cults, why are some people followers, why are some people leaders, and we shared our thoughts and our personal experiences. And as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. So who stood out to you, Asante? I want to give a shout out to everybody in the emails. I want to give a special shout out to Aisha. The subject here is sociology and religion, uh, parentheses, the vow. Hey, friend zone. I'm a professor that teaches sociology. I enjoy sociology. Excuse me. I enjoy when you guys share episodes like this because they're so relevant to my field as a sociologist, which is majority of you guys' episodes. I love that. Thanks. I discussed the process with my students about how religion and culture are coherently close. Sociologist Emil Durkheim discussed the functional means behind religion and human behavior. He introduced the three major functions that religion hold in our society and the effects it has on our human behavior. Religion helps to, one, create social cohesion, two, promote social control within the religion and society, and three, gives us a sense of purpose in our life. Once and if ever an individual disconnects from one of these functions as a person, they might fall out of like with an organization. Disconnecting them from the day-to-day social interactive role within that religious community. Allowing them to mentally, physically, and sometimes spiritually withdraw themselves. As long as the individual and everyone around you in the social group feel that cohesiveness with the social setting, you will feel that welcome, warm feeling and will continue with whatever the social norms are of that group and hold yourself to those expectations, thus promoting social control. Love you guys. Please come to Houston when the Rona stops tripping. I don't know when that is, girl. But... I love the fact that you sent us that and you just really affirmed everything that we talk about and, you know, just do a little stank and, you know, education Come on. on topics that we go through. So thanks again, Come on, Aisha. academia. Okay, you know, just a little, you know, something to back, back, back it up. What about you, friend? <laughs> what did you find you over there riding around in them SoundCloud streets? Yes. So the host of the Dear Showrunners podcast left a comment saying, long time listener, oh. first time commenter. I'm so glad. Hey. I'm so glad. Wow. What accent is that? I am so 
glad you all <laughs> talked about the vow. But I think there are a lot more organizations, especially wellness ones. Hello. With cult Ooh. tendencies. For example, last year I signed up to do this yoga teacher training. I thought it would be a wonderful experience because I was going to the studio for a while. So when the owner asked me to sign up, I didn't think much about it. I thought this was a good investment in my future, but boy was I wrong. The owner of the studio the owner of the studio's brother came into town for the training, and it was something about this guy that irritated my soul. He was saying things like, You're so fucked up. You'll have to take this course multiple times. Oh my God. Wow. By the second day of training, I felt like all my ancestors was on me. It was this visceral reaction in my body. So I got my certification and never returned to that studio again. There was this older white lady who was defeated by the end. I say all this to say, trust your gut. Mm. And that is the absolute truth. <laughs> it's not just these um, <laughs> religious-based organizations. But I, what was, um, there was a documentary, I think, on Netflix. Damn, I forgot the name. It's like, a, it was a wellness doc about um, the wellness industry you know, basically like exploiting people <laughs> for the same thing that the sociologist professor just mentioned in the email. People want to belong to something, mm -hmm. you know, and so there were organizations that had to do with essential oils <laughs> and people oh, were like, yeah. did you see that doc I too? think I did. And they were talking about how it was a scam for all these Yeah, years. it was a multi, uh, what is it? Multi-level uh, scam. Yep. The, MLM, a pyramid scheme. Uh -huh. A pyramid scheme, but Ooh. it was like, they Essential showed that white woman oils. talking about how she couldn't or she had supported <laughs> her team and she was making like 200k a year on and yeah shit. the other lady whose skin got super fucked up because they were telling her to drink it to sleep with it to eat with it to like put it in her bed and she was just listening to everything they were saying and going against her gut and what her body was showing her it was doing to her but she just kept listening to them and even just the fact that, like, an essential oil company could create <laughs> this type of chaos in someone's life. So it's I definitely agree that it's not just on a religious level, but it's just any initiative or organization that tries to kind of uh, display some type of control over your mind and wanting you to be part of this team. Even, like, Herbalife. Remember how people were about oh Herbalife? Yeah. I, I, the whole time I was thinking it was cigarettes. <laughs> I swear to God, when people first started talking about Herbalife, so I was it like, was Is wild. Cigarettes? But do you remember how people were like obsessed with? It? Like it was like a a real cult. It was <laughs> the first sea moss. <laughs> oh my god! Because if I hear one more thing about motherfucking sea moss, I swear to God, <laughs> you need to eat this sea moss. This sea moss is gonna get it out and see it drain. It just clean it all out, you and the sea moss. And now, it's, at first it was Herbalife, now it's Seamoss. I just watch it. You know, you just watch it come and go. Going by. Oh, and the documentary you refer to. people's intentions, you know. <laughs> the documentary you refer to, friend, it was called, it's called Unwell. Unwell. Thank you very much, Asante. And That's one I'll, about the oils? It, it had a part, an episode, because it's a whole series, and it had mm -hmm. an episode about the oils that blew my fucking mind. Because I was like, people explores. really want to belong to anything these days. Yeah, they had an, uh, an episode on essential oils, one on tantric sex, one on bulking up with breast milk, fasting, ayahuasca, and The breast milk one was like... 
Bulking up with breast milk. Next fucking level. Like when Bulking I tell you, I was cringing, <laughs> cringing. You gotta Why, watch friend? it. If you anything, do Dustin, watch just watch. It. Just I'll tell you the this one part one? because I don't want to ruin it. But I was like, <laughs> this lady became obsessed with slanging breast milk online. <laughs> you had to say slanging. Obsessed with slanging breast yes. milk. Yes, <laughs> and her husband was like, "That's all she talks about." That's all it's she selling breast milk. She became obsessed. Like she was literally, so she just be in the house all the fucking day, just pumping, just pumping and selling and packaging. And then her husband was basically like, "I'm not gonna be here for long." Like he said it straight into the camera. Like it's me and the breast milk. <laughs> I was like, "This is well, crazy. yeah, because her tits are gonna drag. <laughs> oh you can God. There's no way that you can be hooked up to a pump like that, damn near 24 hours a day, and not expect nipples on your belt buckle. Like that's just. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. So but she was making was money like, though. She was uh, making uh, bank. She didn't care. <laughs> she was making bank. Okay. I guess she so. had a she brand. Said, Fuck you. I'm squeezing my I'm getting this milk out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting this milk money. Okay. Okay, golden, but I got a question about the yoga golden class. Milk. Mm-hmm. I got a question about the yoga class because now I'm, you know, everybody's experience is their experience, right? And I I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how it was said. But what if they wasn't necessarily like getting the poses and you know what I'm saying? Like I guess like the the points that they were supposed to get. Maybe he was just like, damn, y'all muff like I ain't even gonna hold you. Y'all fucked up. Y'all gonna have to take this class like like three, four times. What if it was out of love? I just I wasn't there, so it's not you know, I can't say that. But I'm just no. saying, like, I wonder what it was like because I was waiting it for something sound else like to happen. It had anything to do with no pose. Not from yeah. this comment. <laughs> I was just waiting for something. I was like, okay. I thought that was like the warm up to what had really went down. You know what I'm saying? That made it like abusive. And it, but you know, no. But, but you cool. know, also uh, jokes aside, a friend of mine went through the same thing, and it was with a yoga company. She got mm-hmm. super caught up in their quote unquote culture, mm-hmm. and you know, went with them on an international trip to Central America. Um, they were doing some ceremony, some ritual that they probably had no fucking ancestral permission to even put together. You already know how that goes down. And Mm -hmm. she ended up having like a psychotic break because of some shit that they put in her drink, like a a ceremonial drink she took. Mm -hmm. And she like almost lost her mind in a whole other country. They left her. Because they were like, oh, shit. You know, they probably got scared. Like, oh, shit. Like, what did we do? And they did not help her. Had her wandering the fucking streets like crazy. Luckily, you know, she had good Samaritans that could sense that something was off and and helped her kind of regain her calibration. But I've heard crazy stories. That's why when you see these wellness retreats, just because it's someone you enjoy from the Internet, even, you know, me speaking like. You got to be careful. Just have discernment, especially the international ones. Like, know what you're getting yourself involved in. That's the scam of the wellness industry. You think it's wellness. <laughs> you think everyone's intentions are pure and they're trying to help. But these, a lot of these are just marketing schemes. You know, they're mm-hmm. just trying to get some coin. Get a lick. Yeah. I'd rather just go on a Yanla. Fuck it. Ayala's quitting. You saw she's done. Yeah, that's why I'm ready wow. to go now because she ain't going to be there. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, Lord. With that being said, Dustin, what you find in the Twitter streets? 
Um, I want to give a shout out to Sonny Hostin, who quoted a tweet from Jennifer Jacobs that reads, Breaking, Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, has coronavirus, sources tell me. So Sonny Hostin quoted this tweet and said, The chief of staff of the head of the coronavirus task force has the coronavirus. Okay. So I thought that tweet was noteworthy. Also, want to give a shout out to whoever it is that created the Change.org petition to get Crystal <laughs> to invite me over to her house. Did you win? <laughs> oh, it's been, baby, the that signatures thing. have been piling on so right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Hold on. The organizer keeps moving it, though, which I think is extra fucking funny because at first it was 100 signatures. Then it turned into 500. <laughs> it's, it's at 481 signatures right now. Um, it says that Deja Avery Hart started this petition to Crystal, which reads, Crystal, Dustin has been without you long enough. Lysol him down and let him in the house. He loves you. He misses you. You miss him. You love him. Come on now. You know you want to. Well, she ain't say you know you want to, but I felt like that's what was missing out the, uh, <laughs> the vial on the petition. But I just thought that was fucking hilarious. Everybody knows me and Crystal have this long-running joke during so quarantine funny. about her not letting me in her actual house because she says I won't sit my ass down. <laughs> and it's just funny. So the fact that it's now made its way onto Twitter and on it actually changed change.org and i keep getting these emails like a petition you signed is really moving well let's if you share it can you it's just so funny to me so shout out to deja avery Hart. i'm not um, gonna lie to you i will go to that petition every couple of days just to look at the reasons for signing because it's pretty people damn people are hilarious the best dustin is when you posted freedom. when you put <laughs> dustin deserves freedom when you posted the, the 25 million plaque and she was like oh that's wonderful that you were home to receive it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. her dustin evil ass let me in. <laughs> that's right that being sissy you the one saying i'm at home so let me in yours then that's why i understand what the problem is let me in the house. This is let me tell you something, Crystal. You better you better let me in. You understand me? And that's it. Love you. Okay. Oh, last tweet I want to highlight actually comes from Marsha Ambrosius, y'all. Believe it or not. Uh-oh. And she quoted a tweet that said, Why didn't y'all tell me that Marsha Ambrosius was a part of Floretry? I knew my good sis looked familiar. So Marsha Ambrosius <laughs> quotes the tweet and says, 2020 is dot 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 that's all she said <laughs> wow that's embarrassing imagine oh. her imagine marcia retweeting you to say <laughs> like i fell out when i saw that <laughs> and that's all i have to share this week So this week's episode is produced by Sir Dustin Ross. Why don't you let us know what we're getting into? Because we're going in cold, y'all. We're going in cold. So this week, um, (laughs) for several weeks now, actually, I've been wanting to have a formal conversation about something that just was fascinating me to me to say the least you know i really don't want to appear biased or slanted in my angle as i'm discussing this subject but it probably is gonna come out that way because it's really only one angle to look at this shit from and so i want to discuss the curious case of tamar braxton okay oh wow is that the title that's a great that can that can can be it you know i wasn't even intending for it to be that but if damn it if that's the chord that is struck with you (laughs) then maybe that's the title of the show but um okay so it's no secret that i've been a huge tamar braxton fan 
um, since I was introduced to her eight seasons ago on the Braxton Family Values on WeTV. A little bit of background. Tamar actually had the idea for a reality show, Ensemble Cast, using herself, her sisters, and her mom um, with recurring appearances by her dad and then the spouses and or mates of her and her sisters. Um, even her brother, Mikey, actually, they do have one brother, which a lot of people don't know, but he actually appeared on the show as well. But Braxton Family Values entered our ethos about eight years ago, and we all began to watch it. Um, initially, the draw was Tony Braxton. We began to get a, a firsthand glimpse into the personalities of Tony's four sisters, Tawanda Braxton, Tracy Braxton, Trina Braxton, and Tamar Braxton. And through that, um, they developed their own followings in their own right, which is kind of cool when you imagine what... Uh, I, I know they had to experience kind of living in the shadows of their big sister. Think about it, if your sister is an icon like Tony right. Braxton, you know what I mean? Worldwide monster hits, you know, touring all over the world, known around the world. Especially when y'all started together. Exactly. Mm. You know, that means that you had an intention upon getting some sort of attention for your gift and your talents. And so I just thought it was cool that they were able years later to actually serve, you know, that opportunity to her sisters through this reality show. And it was that brainchild of Tamar. She got Tony to agree to participate it. All the sisters were in and then we have a show. We would notice certain cracks in the relationship of the sisters because naturally um, everyone was uh, intrigued by the fun banter that the sisters had back and forth with one another. Them singing, visiting their childhood homes, the mother using um, black colloquialisms and, you know, words that we were familiar with on camera. You know, all that shit was just good to watch on top of the fact that they could actually sing, mm -hmm. especially Tamar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, Tamar has a polarizing personality. Love her or hate her, you never forget what you saw when you watched her on TV. And a reality television show was the perfect opportunity for her to put her personality on display, as well as clue people into the fact that she has an incredible singing voice. It's no question about it. Tamar can soar with the high notes. She can get low and sing like her sister Tony. She can whistle like Mariah. She's been a day one lamb, so she's a huge Mariah Carey fan who studied Mariah. Mariah Carey's method of singing and done her best to interpret that through her own voice and her own style. So we find out Tamar could sing. We liked it. As the seasons progressed, um, Tamar's husband at the time, who is now her ex-husband, Vincent Herbert, kind of positioned her for commercial success, both in music, but also expanding her reach as a television personality, personality by actually securing her a hosting spot on ensemble talk show, The Real. Mm. She was one of the original cast members of the talk show, The Real. They've gone on. She was nominated for an Emmy, I believe, two or three times during wow. her, um, her experience on the show. Uh, she did not win. The show actually did go on to win Best Talk Show. Um, later on, after she had departed from the cast, she was fired after season two um, from The Real. She spent two seasons there. But again, this cemented her as a personality, as a talking head on TV, with daytime TV audiences, which were perfect for her. It landed well. She had a great relationship with the viewers. It was a good thing. And for fans of her like me, it's something about being introduced to a person on a reality show 
or through whatever method you are, right, and watching an ascension in their career and watching them rise to certain levels of of stardom, watching them get certain opportunities, um, it is something so exciting about seeing that happen for a person. And the only other example I can think of would be NeNe Leakes. And it's random because they're actually friends in real life and both are curious cases of their own but however one Mm. thing that we loved about nini was watching her rise we watched her start off on the bottom when we were introduced at uh introduced to her rather at the real housewives of atlanta we then gone on to watch nini get scripted acting roles you know do two runs on broadway one in cinderella one in chicago um, do all of these things, get all of these looks when she was on Fashion Police. You know, we saw her her being amplified and rising and it felt good because you kind of bond with these people as you watch their journey. You follow their life story on these reality shows. So there are a lot of people who have been rooting for Tamar from day one. Now, that's not saying that she's without fault or without... Um, any sort of uh, alternative perspective. There are a lot of people who don't really fuck with Tamar like that. They don't like her personality. They feel like she's appropriated certain um, characteristics and um, phrasing from black gay men, and they they feel like she has um, just not been um, authentically herself ever. There's lots of people who feel like they've watched her on television for eight years, and they still don't know who the hell she is because she hasn't presented herself to them as authentic. There's always been a layer of something that was inauthentic to a lot of people. So this is something that has followed her around, which is why people like me who were fans of her were excited about things like The Real and excited about things, um, other things that she was getting and her success in music and touring, you know. But with Tamar Braxton, there's always seemed to be some sort of scandal, some sort of headline attached to her name that we have to manage as fans. You know, it's something that we have to kind of swallow and love her in spite of. There were the rumors of um, Beast with her and the other cast members on The Real, you know, that we didn't want to see because we watched her have what we deemed a real friendship with people like Adrian Bailon and Tamara Maury Housley. You know, we watched her sit side by side with these women. Um, and actually, we, we saw the connection. I was a person who would come home from work and watch The Real every day, you know, on my DVR, because I loved seeing two people like Tamara, Maury Housley, and Tamar Braxton, who were unlikely friends, right? I enjoyed seeing them actually have a, a legitimate rapport with one another and be friends with each other, see them hang out outside of the show. You know, those things were good to see. But a lot has taken place since then. She, like I said, she was fired mm-hmm. from the real. She had a years-long, still-going beef with K. Michelle, which is, she is a person who, who we expect that type of shit from because mm-hmm. who gets along with K. Michelle? But still, we watched Tamar go through this. We watched her have fallouts with Toya Wright. Um, she even had some things to say about Monica. Monica really just cut it off. It was a one-and-done thing. You ain't going to hear Monica really talking shit because Monica said what she meant and meant what she said, and that was it. But again, Tamar's name's attached to some mess. Fallouts with personal friends that we've seen her with on television before she's no longer friends with. You know, this has been a constant, a long-standing, almost tradition in our experience as fans of Tamar Braxton. Right. But lately, also, let's not forget her and Vincent Herbert divorced. We were introduced to her and Vince as a couple. They had a long-running uh, reality show spinoff from the Braxton Family Values called Literally Tamar and Vince about... 
uh, their marriage, about her professional career pursuits, about him operating as her husband and also her manager of her affairs, her business affairs. So we watched all that go on. Um, and then we saw their relationship end. They had gave birth to a son named Logan. Logan is seven years old now. He looks like Vince spit him out just like this right here, like. <laughs> just spit him right out his mouth that kid is so cute he, he looks is. exactly like vince and so we see this um we see the dissolution of their marriage we see them divorce we see um some accusations made even by tamar's mom that vince may have may not have been physically abusive to tamar you know tamar never really commented on that but we saw it cause division amongst her and her mom there was a bit of a break in their relationship and they were notoriously close for years we saw division amongst her and Tracy Braxton, her sister. Now, we all know Tracy Braxton, Ben Tracy, okay? When we reintroduced her on the Braxton Family Values, damn it. We know what we was looking at, and we know what it was. But, you know, you, you know, it's Tracy, so it just was what it was. However, and I think that all the sisters had done a pretty good job of maintaining a loving relationship with each other. Tracy is the first time, the first person, rather, out of the group of sisters who I saw just take a blatantly opposing stance uh, from her sisters, be willing to kind of argue um, on a more harsh, more aggressive level, you know, with the sisters, whatever. And later on, after the sisters had banded together because they wanted to see some changes in their contract with WeTV, and they decided to essentially strike and not film scenes of the reality show, we do know that Tracy did not participate in that. Um, she went on to continue to film the show. Um, they added a bunch of uh, random past reality stars onto the show, and it was a very weird short season that ultimately we knew that WeTV and the Braxton sisters were able to come to, to some different terms that were more accommodating and filming resumed on the show. But we started to see more real, more um, extreme, more um, harsh circumstances uh, amongst manifest themselves rather amongst the relationships of between the sisters um, and between Tamar and the and the network. So much so that Tamar uh, most recently announced a spinoff show called Tamar Braxton, Get Your Life. Uh, it was a six-episode uh, docu-series scheduled to air on WeTV that Tamar agreed to do because she wanted to work on another show on VH1 called To Catch a Beautician, where her and celebrity hairstylist Johnny Wright, who was responsible for a lot of Michelle Obama's most popular looks during her time as the first lady, our forever first lady. Um, but Tamar Braxton and Johnny Wright essentially went around to uh, people all over the country who had bad experiences with their hairstylist, and they essentially uh, brought the... Did you ever watch it? I did. I did. You know, they brought the stylist in to give them another chance to fix the hair, learn some tips from Johnny and Tamar crack jokes the whole time. A big difference from what we had seen, you know, you know, in her experience on Braxton Family Values, on Tamar and Vince and even on Celebrity Big Brother, which let's be clear, she won. She came in first she place. Did. She won first black winner, female winner of uh, Big Brother. Unanimous. So. Everybody voted for her. Yes. Her and Candy were able to mend their relationship yes. on that show. So it was a good thing. Um, but the To Catch a Beautician series on VH1 was something lighthearted, fun, no drama, just good energy. And it was something she really wanted to do. But I believe due to contract stipulations, um, WeTV was trying to block her from doing it. They ended up working oh, out a damn. deal as long as she agreed to do this show. Mm. So she records this show. She films this show. 
Uh, we go on to find out later that it is produced by Mona Sky Young. Okay. Um, and it's essentially a docu-series that originally was supposed to be about Tamar embarking on uh, a one-woman show and basically getting another fresh start, crack at the entertainment industry to rebuild her name after all of these scandals, after all of these uh, public falling outs with friends, family, loved ones, all these things. It was supposed to be a restart button for Tamar. <sighs> We do know that, as I mentioned, um, Tamar and her ex-husband Vince split up. They got a divorce. And the next thing we knew, Tamar was dating a new man. Originally, she told us everything but who he was because she said she wanted to try to keep it private and that he was, quote unquote, a finance guy who was not interested in fame, celebrity or being on camera at all. And that was that. But she, you know, talked about him so much. Every interview she did. Remember when she went on Wendy Williams and she wore those spanks and she was saying how that was an expression of her just taking ownership of her body and loving herself. But we don't know what happened, why she did that. But she was gushing over him during that interview. Right. So she's saying that this guy is just the best, you know, thing in her life. He has just been so instrumental to her loving herself and healing from some past trauma and He's been such a good stepdad figure to her son, Logan, and he's so loving and she always gushed over how fine he was to her. She would always say he was so fine and she called him T'Challa, which we know um, the late, great um, Chadwick Boseman played him in Black Panther, you know, so she really kind of amplified his existence in her life and um, his role as her partner and and had the anyone who would listen just basically believing that this was the best thing to happen to her in quite some time. So time rolls along, and like I said, she begins to film this docuseries called Tamar Braxton Get Your Life, right? We see that he has now decided to film with her. We start seeing screen grabs on blogs and we start seeing, you know, um, pictures of him and we start seeing him appear on red carpets with her. And we also see what he looks like now. And we're all thrown off because we were told that he was, you know, this Adonis, you know, oh, this, 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 you know, this, this, the finest man that had ever walked the earth and put on drawers. So we were like, you know, then we saw him and we was all like, Okay. But again, Tamar, are you happy? We happy. Exactly. We just want what's best for you. You know what I mean? It ain't about how we feel about what you said being a lie when you said he was fine because now that we've seen him, we see that he ain't. It ain't about that. We just wanted you to be happy. And so that's where we were. But it started as soon as I saw him. I know I'm just going to speak for myself. I started to see differences. Um, and discrepancies in what Tamar had described him as and what he represented in her life and what I saw. Every time I saw them together on a red carpet, he was whispering in her ear or speaking to her as the paparazzi was trying to take pictures of her. It just seemed as if he was always finding a way to be in the camera, to be a part of where the attention was going, to be something that people were talking about. And that directly conflicted with what Tamar said about him not wanting to be in the spotlight, right? Enter the Get Your Life show. Now, a couple weeks ago, I asked um, Fran and Asante to watch this series. It's a six-episode docuseries. The episodes aren't long, um, so it wasn't a heavy lift, right? But it was some of the most fascinating television <laughs> that I had ever seen in my life. 
um, for several reasons. Number one, they consistently broke the fourth wall during this season, during this series, right? It wasn't so much about what the cameras were filming as much as the focus was on what happened while the cameras were attempting to film. And it told the backstory behind the intended story of what we were supposed to see, but it also told the story of why we did not end up seeing that. And that's what made it such a fascinating watch. Um, prior to the release of the trailer, I just want to give enough background so that people can, can navigate the rest of our conversation comfortably. So I just want to add a couple more things and then I'm going to tap into what Fran and Asante have to say about what they saw specifically two situations that kind of lived through the duration of the six episodes as running storylines. I'm interested on your thoughts, but just to give a little bit of background to the show, um, on Thursday, July 16th, WeTV, this was this year, earlier this summer, WeTV actually debuted the trailer for the Tamar Braxton Get Your Life series. And this super tease kind of offered fans a look at the upcoming series, and it showed that they were exploring Tamar's journey with motherhood, love and her career as she recorded a new album but i think that the focus on her experience with love is what stole the show obviously right because we got a first-hand glimpse into this relationship that was nothing like what we were told about it's also of note that on thursday july 16th that same day tamar was actually found unresponsive in a hotel room at the ritz carlton in downtown la by her boyfriend david adafeso who uh, called the police around 9.45 p.m. in the hotel at their location and said that uh, his girlfriend had a medical emergency and she wasn't responsive. And he went into detail on the 911 call about her having um, a bad day with the network and being upset with WeTV about what happened. Just all these details that were so bizarre um, because normally when people find their loved one un irresponsive, you know what I mean, on the floor, it's a bit more frantic and you're not thinking about networks and dropping names and things like that in the 911 call. But all of that happened, right? After the trailer came out, WeTV said that, you know, obviously Tamar wasn't well and out of respect for her and what she had contributed to the WeTV network over so many years, they were going to delay the release of the series, okay? They didn't say they weren't gonna air it, they said they were gonna delay it. They delayed it. In between the time that the show was uh, scheduled to be released, we also know that on September 8th, this is before the show was released, David Adafeso filed a restraining order against Tamar and detailed a fight between them inside of his 2013 Rolls Royce um, that he informed as he drove. Uh, and apparently things became <laughs> physical. A text was revealed later by Jason Lee. Shout out to Jason Lee at Hollywood Unlocked. Um, and shout out to them for actually getting a new show on Fox Soul. They're doing major dope things over there. So shout out to oh, Hollywood Unlocked. Okay. Um, but Jason Lee also revealed that Tamar had sent him a text personally saying that David had began getting rough with her, grabbed him, her up tight, told her that it was going to be a murder-suicide in that car if she didn't chill. She showed pictures of a bruise on her arm. All of these things that were directly contradictory of the restraining order that David filed against Tamar. And Tamar actually said in these texts that... David didn't want the show to come out on WeTV because he didn't want to look bad. So all of this happens before this series is released. So naturally, my interest was piqued, and I wanted to watch this show. So 
I told you guys to watch it after I watched the show because I couldn't believe what I had seen. And there were just some moments that, you know, whether you feel, whether you love Tamar or hate her, these were things that weren't so much about Tamar specifically. They were just fascinating components to watch in a relationship between two people, right? And so... Let's talk about the show, you guys. I just wanted to offer that background information so that we can now have an informed discussion about what you witnessed during these six episodes. So you both actually watched the six-episode series Get Your Life, right? Yeah. All okay. six. All, All six, it. right? Because honestly, I once only, you started I only, watching it... <laughs> I only made it to uh, the end of the third Oh, okay. Oh, friend, you needed the resolution, friend. We I needed- couldn't do it. It was... It was bugging me out, man. I, I was I, like, okay. I can't. But friend, I feel you on that too. Oh, okay. So sorry, Dustin. I'm gonna let no, you. No, 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 no. I want to stay. Actually, that's right where I want to be. <laughs> right. Let's start there. Let's start there, <laughs> friend. First, and then we'll get to you, Asante. Come on. Now, friend, you said that you were only able to physically withstand three mm-hmm. complete episodes of this series. Why, friend? <laughs> I, I just it, and listen. I don't. I'm not someone that has followed Tamar's career. I really yeah. only know about Tamar because of you guys, the clips that are shared online of like her and her sister singing when they yeah. were on the show, like the daddy, 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 whatever the song was. And then of course Claude and Chuck have worked with her on her album, so I'm familiar of uh, about her music through that. But with the show, I just kept seeing how people would cross her boundaries and kind of gaslight her and manipulate her out of like what she was feeling in the moment and how it just kept happening, whether it was um, the the <clears throat> boyfriends, the producers, you know, like I, it just was starting to kind of bug me out. But with him specifically, I think the part that bothered me was when she was doing the dream work. And whether you think that's woo-woo or, or hocus-pocus like she was calling it, the fact of the matter is she was having revelations, mm-hmm. you know, yes. about herself. And it seemed, it didn't seem harmful. I understand that if your partner is is partaking in some kind of modality that you've never heard of, there's a party that's going to kind of want to protect them. I get that. But she's also a sovereign being (laughs) that Mm -hmm. can make her own decisions. She's an adult. And she seemed genuinely excited about this. And I think what he was concerned about was what types of revelations she was going to have that were going to kind of make her see things with more clarity. And around, like, who's around her. And that's the part that triggered me. And I was like, I can't because I've been there. (laughs) Especially when she was like, you know, it's something you don't understand. Why don't you why don't you come see what it's about? And so before even, you go further, right? Just before yeah. you go further, I just want to clear just identify something. So what what mm-hmm. what Fran is referring to is the fact that Tamar had hired a dream coach named Goalie Sammy, right? A woman uh-huh. who had helped people interpret what the dreams that they were having meant to their life. Right. What uh, what certain images that they would see see while they dreamed represented and kind kind of helped them get to um, just make some progress in working through certain things that and had looking been tr- through their subconscious, yeah, looking through their subconscious. Literally, she would encourage her um, clients not to eat, not to drink, 
not to have sex for 30 days. And that you know? part bothered me when he mm-hmm. when she told him I'm going to need to go on a cleanse. And he was like, well, I can't you like you can't because I need sex. And I was yep. like, how childish. Like, could Super you imagine childish. you tell yep. your partner I'm going yep. through a spiritual fast that is going to have <clears throat> me remove drugs, liquor and sex. And he's going to say no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that right there would be grounds for breaking up. That wasn't like, even a red me. flag. It was a burgundy flag. Okay. Yeah, I would have been I... done right then and there. I've my I've had a partner who was going through something similar, and he asked me, "Could we?" And this is a, a previous partner who was like, "Could we go through a fast because I need to like work some things and recalibrate?" And I was like, "Yes." I didn't even ask how long because nope. there's nothing for me to ask. Like, if that's something you need to do for your spirit, who am I to tell you? But I need, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, and especially when, let's be clear, they were only in a relationship for about a year and a half, so it wasn't even a long relationship, and he was taking way too great of a stake in her personal and business affairs. And right. he, in her house. Her house. Her house. We'll get Asking to that in a minute. Asking permission. I can't. I just we're have gonna, to say. We're going to get there. The These director, are the two things. The director's so shady. Yep. And, who, and whose house are we and, talking about? And whose about? house are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> oh, her house. Tamar's house. It's, it's my house. I Actually, <laughs> so one, two of the things that we're going to discuss today are stutter, Asante. Stutter. We'll discuss uh, <laughs> the 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 blockage that David Adefeso was attempting to place in Tamar's life when it came to this dream work. And I also want to discuss him feeling entitled to her personal space in her home and feeling as if he could make rules about who could enter and exit the house that was hers, not his. So I think this is the perfect time for us to play a clip of David Adefeso, Tamar Braxton's boyfriend, discussing why he did not want Tamar's ex-husband Vince to enter Tamar's home that she purchased to drop their son together off. Here's what David had to say about that. I prefer that my girl's ex didn't walk into my home without asking my permission. That's respect. That's basic respect. So which house is this? Tamar's house? Oh, it's my house. I, I, I live there. I have my clothes there. Tamar and I kind of share. Her house is my house. She spends four days in my house. I spend three days in her house. We have two homes that we share. <laughs> now. It's the, it's the stutter for me. It's the, it's the, it's the, I have my clothes there for me. That <laughs> I, I, okay. So again, well, just to catch everybody up to speed, that was a clip of Tamar's ex-boyfriend, David Adefeso, talking to producers on the show Get Your Life about why he had an issue with Tamar's ex-husband, Vincent Herbert, the father of her son, entering her home. Now, mind you, this is a home that she just purchased after she won, you know, a, a big bag on Big Celebrity Big Brother. She purchased okay, this house post-divorce. House. Yep, post-divorce mm-hmm. for her and her son, Logan. So nice. Before she met David, got with David. Um, and then he has an apartment in downtown L.A. And apparently they were splitting their time, you know, as you do in a relationship. Sometimes you're at your house, sometimes you're at your partner's house. Mm-hmm. But he felt that it was appropriate for him to set rules that Tamar's ex-husband, Vincent Herbert, who was the love of her life, let's be clear, and who is the father of her son, 
cannot enter the house to drop off their son Logan or pick him up, cannot come in and out of the house, period, especially when he's not there. And also during that clip, there was uh, some text on the screen that read that David had also said to the producers of the show and to WeTV that he would not appear in this series if Vince ever even physically appeared on camera on the show. David refused to participate in this series. Okay? So what are you guys' thoughts? How do you feel about David's, A, explanation of why he felt like Vince shouldn't come in the house, and B, the fact that he took that authority to say, I'm mad at you, Tamar, because Vince has been in and out of my house, our house, my house. He calls it my house. How do you guys feel about that? Because I know how I do. Asante? (laughs) Well, let me rewind all the way back here now that I'm sweetie and I've tapped in. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that, you you know, you did a very great in-depth intro there. You you touched on a lot of great things there because, you know... um, Tamar is someone that is very talented. It's been a journey watching her as a personality, just even as like a human being. So for me as a fan, I thought that I was getting a show about Tamar, you know, get your life. I didn't know if it was something about her getting help or her getting back on track or I just knew something about Tamar and she was getting, you know, get get your life. I knew it was getting somewhere. That's all I knew. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, since we're on the rewind track, take me back to Big Brother. Tamar Braxton's in the house. And she's literally, you know, all, you know, she's talking because, you know, everybody's filmed and they don't have access to the outside world, but we all get to watch them. So the entire time she's there, she's, you know, T'Challa this, you know, I know T'Challa's watching from home. Oh, T'Challa's probably doing this right about now. She was up there talking to Lindsay Lohan, Mama Dina Lohan about T'Challa, (laughs) y'all. Like, like, I'm thinking about those moments. And so to go from there and... To see those stories about, you know, the shit going down before the show drop and then to actually fast forward now, you know, for you watching the show, it was just such a a crazy, eerie. Like, that's why, friend, when you said you stopped on episode three, it, like, it was hard for me to watch mm-hmm. the whole thing because it was so heavy and distracting and um and, and it was just hard. Like, you both said very key things. Dustin, when you started with the breaking of the fourth wall, Fran boundaries, these two things just stuck out to me so, so heavy the entire time. And all I could wonder to myself was, like, well, whose job is it to manage all of this? Because, yeah, we're breaking the fourth wall. But who manages the fact that Tamar actually needs to sit down with this life coach and get work done and not have to worry about her son in the background? Or she actually needs to, you know, put the certain things to the side so she's not on her phone in the middle of it. Like there a was a lot some, of that was Tamar because she's independent. Do, yeah, and 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 because she did not want to she didn't want to do the work and see what the outcome would be. There are certain things that she was running away from. And so she would use things like having to quote unquote put Logan to bed or having to, you know, talk to someone on the phone at that time to avoid having to record music, to avoid having to do this dream work with Joe with Goalie, to yeah. avoid anything that would cause her to be in a position where she would have to make some serious decisions about things and people in her life. She ran from it every time and that's a prime example of that, Asante. And when you bring up the fact that she kept saying, I gotta put Logan to bed. I need five minutes, which would turn into two hours. The crew would go home. They would show on the series the crew, you know, literally waiting until the 
last minute, packing up equipment, going home. They even showed one time that Tamar had actually had her lawyer call the production company and tell them that she wasn't filming today and they had to leave immediately. Oh, yeah. We saw those saw things that, happen but... on the show because of the fact that through this six-episode docuseries presented by Mona Sky Young and WeTV, they intentionally broke that fourth wall. And I personally was glad that they did because it took away a lot of the guesswork when we would wonder why certain situations would happen, why things would be a way that they were. We actually got to see, you know, that sometimes it's Tamar. So that's the thing, because they broke that fourth wall and it did give you clarity, which was good in some moments. But when I when I asked myself, like, whose job is it? I wonder, like, between production and Mona, like, Whose job was it to pull these certain threads and say, all right, this yeah. is where we're going? Because Mona was really, you know, she was really trying to seem active in those scenes where she was there. Like, you know, Tamar, we're going to do this. This is what we're going to take it by the rails and we're going to get back your life. But then we're left with Tamar just going off on Michael Beck. And, he, you know, I guess he's the EP. And how is he supposed to structure it? Because he feels like he's leveling with Tamar, but Tamar needed more structure. So whenever she's running, he needs to be or somebody. I don't know if it's supposed to be him or he communicates to Mona and they get somebody or what to actually be like, all right, well, if we're going to do an actual show about her getting help or, you know, getting back on track, this is what we need. You know, we need to structure. So get her lawyer on the phone or whatever. It was just like everybody was kind of giving up <laughs> and and kind of rightfully so. When that's why it was great that they were breaking the fourth wall to show you what the fuck was going on. Like, uh, for example, when Goalie suggested the break room and <laughs> like she really just was trying to throw something out there so they could like make this come to life on TV and Tamar was triggered by that. You know, she's like, I'm tired of looking angry. I don't want to, you know, be breaking stuff. But it was really just, you know, like, girl, breaking stuff represents spiritual stuff, not actually just being an angry black woman. Like, nobody was really connecting with her. They just tied, the, tied up the loose end back in production by bringing on another black woman that was a, a producer on the show just by saying, like, well, we're not gaslighting her. You know, th this is the truth. And it was like, all right, well, you know, we see. All right, damn, they weren't. You know, this is what not what their intention was but it was never like comfortable to go back for tamar and it was tamar's show so that's why i was kind of like this is odd to watch like i don't know where i'm supposed to sit on as far as even where the fence is here i felt the same way and that's why i appreciated them breaking the fourth wall because we then became privy to the decisions that were made the phone calls that were made the choices that were made um friend later on in the series there was a conversation that took place between Mona Sky Young and Tamar about Tamar's commitment to being a part of this process and actually filming the documentary and giving access to certain things in her life because there were scenes that Tamar had refused to allow the camera crew to come in. The audio still caught. Mm -hmm. We still heard David speaking to you wildly aggressive. We still mm -hmm. heard y'all yelling no and stop to each other. We still heard him telling Goalie, you will not because obviously... Right. Let's be clear about this other thing. Goalie being hired as a dream coach to work with Tamar. That's the that's a complete sentence. OK, she wasn't hired to work with Tamar and David. David began to request one on ones with Goalie so that he could uh, question the source of her work and the source of her gift. And was he, he continued to ask her if dream work was ever mentioned in the Bible. Um, and he started questioning whether or not the work that she was doing was witchcraft to a person who is not doing witchcraft. OK. And who's already doing some sort of work that people confuse the intention of. I completely understood why Goalie was offended 
to the degree that she was by David saying that. I also understood why Goldie was offended by David even feeling like he could request a one-on-one meeting with her. Right. When he, guess what? Right. He was, she wasn't hired to work with you. You right. have nothing to do with this. And Goldie began to get so frustrated with this she she was patient she continued to try to answer his questions she met up with him told him it wasn't you know a work that was rooted in, in any sort of witchcraft which is such a broad term that they were using and throwing around in this in this show right. but she told him you know no that's not rooted in that and he began to challenge her by saying well if you can show me where this is in the bible then okay but it was him creating these this false sense of accountability, you know, that on Goldie's behalf, and she had none. She wasn't accountable to David for anything. And the work, in factually, in fact, rather in factually, <laughs> the work, in fact, was making progress when it came to Tamar kind of working through some personal traumas that she had. And Tamar was amazed by the clarity that she felt. She was amazed that I. Um, the way, way she was able to get on stage and perform at this live concert that she had after sessions with Goalie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it seemed as if as Tamar progressed to being more and more clear from this work and working through things, David increased his, uh, his aggressive stance toward Goalie and her work. He increased, like that. he amped oh. up, the questions he requested more and more time with her. And now I'm willing to meet with Goldie now one-on-one and I'm willing to do this and that. And everything became more and more of a, 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 a wedge. D- David became more of a wedge in between this Cause, work. Cause she was loosening his grip. Thank you, Fran. And that's the problem. And when someone that their sole motive is to have control, anything that gets in the way of that, you know, they're going to have to chop down somehow. And that's why it was like, you know, him calling it witchcraft when he hadn't even seen what it was. <laughs> didn't see, didn't hear. He didn't He didn't even sit in a session. Not that he even was warranted that, but still, right. like, and I did appreciate that Tamar spoke up and said, just because it's not in the Bible and just because you don't understand it does that does not mean that it's witchcraft. Everything you don't understand is not witchcraft. And, you know and, what, and I was happy that she said that. And, and you know, when they were at that restaurant, when they, like, reconnected after he bounced for the day, she did stand up to him, and I appreciated that. I was like, okay, he crosses her boundaries, but she does have her moments where she's just like, no. <laughs> this Tamar, is what we're not doing. Tamar had a really good conversation with Goli, too, where she, like, explained, like, half of the African-American community, you know, believes or acts a certain way about stuff like that. And that's why she wasn't phased by it. And honestly, right. I remember thinking to myself, did you see that scene where her and Goalie was sitting at dinner? Or I think that was episode four. I did, yes. I think that was episode four. I don't think I caught that. Yeah, so episode four is when she sat down with Goalie and was talking. And honestly, I felt like that was where Goalie really should have quit. Because Goalie, um, I think after that is when she interpreted the last dream, Dustin. Uh, mm-hmm. Like um, she interpreted another dream. And it really, in my mind, uh, she was just calling out David in the dream as a figure, like what he represented. And I think he must have heard a sliver of that and thought that it was talking about him. And in fact, you know, 
it did kind of well it did hit that it really was him and she was that wasn't even her intent because really she had his number and he could see that and she wasn't trying to call his number but she was really just there for tamar and if his number came up in due time he knew that was coming and I, that's why he was acting the way he was acting but i didn't appreciate the way that he was treating goalie because she was being so gracious the entire time and she really could have just been like well I'm going to have to charge for that, too, since y'all want to, you know, play games because it's not about you and him. It's really just about you, girl. And if you don't want to speak up, like, you're the one paying me, so I'll just go. And then she didn't even take accountability when old girl left. And I don't like that either. So what's next? <laughs> so goalie quit. Goalie quit. Yeah. I mean, goalie can't quit. be mad at her. It was a big it, blowout. It, it. There was a huge blowout um, that got literally violent, vocally violent amongst the two of them. Goalie uh, actually came to David's birthday party and got drunk because she was so miserable miserable, and so offended by David's treatment of her being cold. She got and, drunk? Yeah, Wasted. she got drunk at David's birthday and party. So. And like, what? She should have gone. All over the dance floor and everything. Um, oh, girl. And was outside <laughs> discussing how offended she was, but she just, friend, they had literally taken her. So she had never been around people like David and his family from um, Nigeria who came over to uh, in Los Angeles for the 50th birthday party that Tamar threw for him at her home. Oh, okay. And David was repeatedly um, speaking with his brother-in-laws and his sister about uh, how important Christ was in their life and how this work that Goli was doing with Tamar was of the devil and all oh, this boy. other shit. Yeah. So it got worse and worse. And Goli, <laughs> they just broke her. Tamar ended up uh, sitting down with Goli at a restaurant. And during that conversation, Tamar told Goli that she felt like it was her fault. Tamar was saying that she accepted personal responsibility for um, Goli being as upset as she was because she felt like she had allowed David to have a say or a say so in the work that they were doing. And um, she said that she felt bad about that because she knows that the work that they were doing was not of the devil and um, she was going to move forward with it. Whatever she said, you know, that was it. But it didn't end up going that way. And David went on to make further accusations of Goalie um, being involved in witchcraft and her work being of the devil. And it led to a vocal blow up between Goalie and David where she was, you know, saying, motherfucker, I didn't. She was like cussing him out. He was cussing at her. Wow. And it was just very, very volatile and unhealthy. And so Goalie And quit. something happened in that room. Yeah. <laughs> They, they wouldn't allow the cameras, cameras in inside the bedroom, but you could hear the audio. You got all the like, audio. So you heard a little crashing, shuffling. bumping, uh -huh. her yelling, David, stop, no, this, that. What? So we don't know what happened on the other side of the door, but we do know that it was a bad argument. Well, and she Goli came out quit. like a G. Yes, she did. And she, they weren't able to complete the work, unfortunately, that they intended on doing with one another, but she left. And so essentially David won that. You know what I mean? And, and he um, shouldn't have. He should not have done that. And he even went on to try to address Mona Sky Young and tell her the difference between what authentic reality television was and what overproduced reality TV right. was. And Mona had to hit him with, the, just okay, here, let bro. me stop you right there. Okay? <laughs> I'm very well aware of how this type of television works and what we need is this sort of participation from Tamar, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mona also called Tamar into the offices um, to see some of the footage that they had recorded. Um, Tamar wasn't necessarily the happiest with what she saw, but there was nothing she could do because it was honest footage. Mm. Um, and so all of those things just kind of culminated to 
uh, Tamar having a really, really hard breakdown. And as we know, she has since gone on to uh, sever her relationship professionally with WeTV. They've released her from her contract. Um, and her and David are no longer a couple. They have, oh, um, amen. They have court cases yes. pending. Yes. Um, he is... He put out a restraining order against her. They have to go Good. into court for all Good. sort of allegations that he's making against her. Um, and well, um, not good to the allegations, but good that there's right. a wall, a, right. a, a judicial wall between them. <laughs> I say the same thing, and then this happens, right, Fran? Okay. So a couple weeks ago, okay. um, Tony Braxton randomly posted an Instagram uh, screenshot of a text that she wrote saying that um, David Adefeso is a snake, a, a, what did she call him, a ferret or something like that. She said, <laughs> what? you know, stay away from my kids or whatever. A Apparently, ferret. yeah, she was like, you keep your kids out of, keep my kids out of this shit or whatever. Apparently, David had sent um, a process server or someone, a police officer, somebody to go and serve um, court papers against Tamar because he thought that Tamar was at Tony's house. Tony's children was there. This involved the police and anyone, especially right now, would be sensitive about having young. You know, Tony. Tony has teenage black boys. Yeah. Anyone would be sensitive about the police coming up in your damn house at a time like this. And just why is why is this now spilling over into my family life, my home life? Tony Braxton is notoriously private. Um, and so for her to make that kind of expression publicly, you know, everybody picked up the story. And once everybody picked up the story, two of the other sisters, Tawanda and Trina, both had said, you know, we think he's a loser. Um, we don't understand why he's putting this thing out on our sister or whatever. He was wrong. We've never trusted him. You know, we think that he's a clout chaser, all this other shit. Tamar. Oh, no. Goes on to um, the Internet. And post, post, you know how Twitter uh, gave us the option to make those voice notes, voice yeah. memos. Mm -hmm. Tamar posts one saying that, you know, when nobody was there for me, David was there for me. Oh, He's not a boy. cloud chaser. And I'm not trying to get back with him. I haven't talked to him since the incident when they had the um, the altercation in the car and he filed the restraining order and all that. She was saying, oh, this ain't her trying to get back with him because she hasn't talked to him since then and don't want to. But she's the type of woman who has to be honest and people who weren't there for her when they could have been are not going to come out and say that this man is a bad guy or whatever and the things that they're saying ain't true and nobody wins when the family feuds, right? <laughs> oh, so what the fuck God. you want us to do? Okay, we didn't set up and watch this damn show. Watch this nigga show his ass, be grossly disrespectful to you, interrupt all of your business practices. You have not gotten back on track from losing your job on the real. You haven't. You haven't rebounded from uh, your music sales declining. You haven't released any new music. There's been nothing. And he has been impeding, intentionally impeding in those processes and being control over, controlling over your life. We saw it on the camera. And now after your sisters speak up for your behalf, which for years y'all have shoved this down our throat that at, no matter what, at the end of the day, y'all are sisters and y'all can fight amongst each other. But when you need each other, you're going to be there for each other. And when they do that for you. You come out with something that is uh, is opposite of what they're saying. Right. That was step one. Step two. A couple of days ago, the trailer for this season of the Braxton Family Values comes out, right? Season eight. They're about to air a new season. In the trailer, they're showing Tony, Tony's mom, Trina, and Tawanda, and I believe Tracy, too, reacting to the news that Tamar had attempted suicide, right? 
and they're saying, you know, how they felt about it. And, you know, I was here and I tried to call this person and I X, Y, Z. They're each telling what happened. Right. As the trailer comes out, not, mind you, none of this made Tamar look bad in any way. Trailer comes out. Tamar goes online, says, fuck we TV, asks him in the tweet, literally, fuck Damn. we TV. Um, once again, they're exploiting <laughs> we my we TV. Fuck we TV. <laughs> they're exploiting our um, exploiting my pain again for ratings and personal gain. And they are lying. They didn't film. This is all reenactments. None of this was in real time. Blah, 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 blah. Then she goes and unfollows all of her sisters, her mm. mother on everything. Damn. Then, then sets up a tell-all interview on Tamron Hall, goes on Tamron Hall and says, you know, David was my best friend. He wasn't. I've been in a domestic violence relationship before I survived it and this wasn't it. He wasn't a cloud chaser. He was my best friend. He was Logan's best friend. And maybe he's saying these things about me because he failed me the way that he failed me. You say you have this footage, release it. I, I just have text messages. And he was my best friend. No, he wasn't. It is so frustrating as a person who has been with this, been following this been dealing with this story from step one all the way up until now had tamar's back and every time we we like i got something to do with it but every time people try to (laughs) show her support you know what i'm saying she throws this curveball like what do you want us to do so it's just become exhausting because you want to see a person succeed and be healthy okay but it's like they continuously get in their own way. And what do you do? That is why I call this conversation the curious case of Tamar Braxton, because it's just so curious. I don't know what to do with my feelings about wanting to see her healthy and then see her do things and say things that are completely opposite of that. I don't know what to do as a fan anymore. And I just felt like at least by watching these episodes, watching this footage, we would all be able to, A, maybe get a reminder of some shit that we know we ain't going to take from nobody. B, maybe be able to do a self-check, like, well, I hope I haven't been exhibiting any sort of these, any right. of these characteristics, you know what I'm saying? And C, just realize that you're always one step away from complete and total dysfunction. I do think that Tamar had good intentions on having a healthy relationship with David. I think she ignored a whole bunch of shit that she should have never ignored and just continued moving forward in the relationship. You watched her crumble on camera. You watched it happen. Okay, and so to see that and then can see to see her contradict that by going on Tamron Hall and I love Tamron Hall. I know I love Tamron Hall. Mm -hmm. But to see Tamar go on there and then create this new narrative that he ain't a bad person, but he almost beat me up. But he ain't a bad person. But I don't know why he's got me going to court and trying to say I assaulted him. But he ain't a bad person. But my family shouldn't have said nothing. It's just chaos and calamity. So I wanted to know you guys' thoughts on that. I'm so proud of you for soldiering through the three episodes that you did, (laughs) Fran, and Sante, for you watching it. Because, again, I just felt like this was a great opportunity to get a glimpse into some behavior, whether it's good to you or bad, just behavior, to be observant and to make sure that we are doing our best to 
be healthy in our existence and relationships because what I saw in Tamar Get Life, Tamar Braxton Get Your Life rather was not healthy. And it was not accurate um, according to the descriptions that Tamar had offered up to us on her personal life. So instead of casting judgment, I just want to wish the best for her. I wish her the clarity that she's obviously seeking because you don't enter into relationships with people like a dream coach and share these really vulnerable personal things with them for no reason. You want, she wants help. She wants to make some progress Mm -hmm. and she's crying out for help. You know, Um, I do believe there's lots of people that want to help her, but I believe there's a level of honesty that Tamar is not able to reach yet. And I believe that Tamar is more interested in us believing her version of what we see going on in front of us as opposed to accepting the truth of what we see going on in front of us. And I pray that she arrives at that place of clarity and becomes healthy from this. I pray that she strengthens her family relationships. I pray that she's able to continue being a good mom to her son. And I pray that she's able to find professional fulfillment and create and be an artist and a personality like we all know that she loves being because she's a natural at it um and so yeah i just thought it would be interesting and it was just a fascinating watch for me on tv and hopefully her seeing it her watching mm -hmm. it sometimes i know even with me this particular relationship i was in that was very similar (laughs) as far Mm -hmm. as the control issues um Sometimes when I would say things about that relationship, like talking about it, I would be shocked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be like, girl, Mm -hmm. like you ever been in that position where you'll be telling a story and you don't realize how crazy you sound until you say it. And then you're like, what the hell? What was I thinking? I do. Like, like how was I in that for so long with those behaviors and that dynamic and that type of control and being spoken to like that mm, and the, yeah. the, the shit that you allowed and it's just like, whoa, like sometimes just saying it out loud, very it similar is. to Tamar because we can lie to ourselves way better than anybody else can. Yep. You know, sometimes you don't even need the other person to lie. You're already doing it for them. And I think that that's kind of what the show showed, especially even with the music. She like the producer came to her house because she was so shy. He's like, I will cater to you. Brought all his stuff. And then she starts cooking. And then she starts, what's her son's name? Logan. Telling Logan. him to sell chocolates. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. to sell chocolates mm-hmm. in the middle Completely of the Completely just diverting from the intention of them being there over and over and I mean, over it again. was like, but, it, but that's the thing. Those behaviors will transcend all things because mm-hmm. it's going to show up in the music. Then it showed up in, in when you remember they're doing the dream work. Mm-hmm. There was one dream where they were getting really deep in and she mm-hmm. was like, no, I'd rather that door stay closed. I mean, she yep. said it right there. Yep. yep. I'd rather that door stay closed. And that to me said everything. That was the root of all of her issues. Is she just does not want to look in. <sighs> and hopefully so again, this show helps her. Fuck David. <clears throat> he ruined it. <laughs> he ruined he it. He ruined it. I mean, hey man, his whole family. 
honestly, the family too. Yeah, because then the, then, then the uncle going to show up talking about the moment I heard you say dream work, I knew it was witchcraft. Oh gosh. G- no, goodbye. Yeah, I know. I've been through that. I couldn't even mention yoga on Facebook with all the aunties over there. People would be Lord. like, "That's of the See? devil, friend." You should be ashamed that you're sharing this with your, you know, with your supporters and and bringing the devil into their homes. And I'm like, yo, when does stretching bring in the devil? (laughs) Yeah. Literally stretching. Like, what? It's so scary. It's scary. Meanwhile, they don't even work out. (laughs) So if anything, gluttony is a real sin. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't get me started on the attacks I've had to push through because of my belief systems not aligning with other people's belief systems and people, instead of just honoring where everyone is at, Mm. yours is witchcraft. Right. What kind of shit is that? Now, that don't mean that I'm going to let you go to no midsummer shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, like, I give you a space, girl. I, I respect Not you. Mid- <laughs> is this week three, week four? <laughs> but I ain't going to let you go over there to midsummer. You know what I'm saying? But that's but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people being extremists. And, and just because they don't have an understanding of something, they automatically deem it wicked. And that's just not right. the case. Yeah. So, my friend, my, my shout out to my friend Raven. I saw her tweet the other the day not y'all at church drinking the blood of jesus but saying that my shit is witchcraft right (laughs) she was like fair is fair let's be clear okay let's start there okay but anyway so like i said i just thought that that was something that would be interesting and also beneficial for us all to watch i encourage all our listeners um download the we tv app i I believe it's offered there Mm -hmm, um if not google it y'all know how to find shows online (laughs) so google (laughs) it um and just watch it six episodes man it really makes you want the best for tamar in spite of all the calamity that you see going on in these six episodes Um, and everyone who sees themselves in it and everyone who sees themselves in it. There you go, friend. I just thought that it was um, conversation worthy. So that's it for the curious case of Tamar Braxton. Braxton. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
now let's bring in the motherfucking wind chimes. <laughs> so this week is something else. I don't yes, even want to mention it because nope. I don't want to give it that any of it too much power. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this episode tomorrow, there's going to be a result. Or maybe not. We don't know. Everything's pretty up in the air. But what matters to me is the self-care that is taking place today. Because this is Tuesday night, technically. So we're in the thick of it. Um, as well as just for the rest of the week. And, and the fact that we're we're officially in the last quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. Like we are closing out this 2020. So I'm curious, especially tonight, how are you guys taking care of yourselves? What is your self-care plan tonight? Are you going to be glued to the internet? Are you going to be refreshing CNN? Or are you just going to disassociate and and do other things like the sidewalk or whatever it is that disassociating comes with? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I, um, I will be watching CNN because I definitely want to be um, aware of what's going on. I want to be abreast of, you know, what the results are as they're coming on in. Um, I am not going to overwhelm myself with bad news and negative right. energy you know i just want to know what's going on and be informed so i will be um you know dosing i'll be taking you know small doses of information i will micro be enjoying dosing. the sidewalk micro dosing um <laughs> for real but micro dosing <laughs> and you know um just enjoying the company of loved ones and that's it that's all i'm gonna do tonight i just want to take the information in that's it I will be disassociating. I will. (laughs) Real. (laughs) um, I did my part. I showed up, you know. (laughs) I did what I was supposed to do. I hope everybody did what they could. A lot of people said they voted early and they was, you know, damning me for voting the day of. But I made it. So, you know, (laughs) hope y'all did too. Outside of that, I will just, I'm praying for the best. And, uh, you know, I, I matched my, my, my prayer with some action. So, you know, hopefully my results come through. Do you remember four years ago when we were all at Crystal's house? <laughs> I do. I do. And right? I really didn't believe that. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't believe that what was happening was happening. I remember we were. Do you remember we stood up and we all yelled and mm-hmm. we just stood there with our hands over our faces like in mm-hmm. pure disbelief? Remember, I had my crystals and everything. Like, out, <laughs> we were just going through it that night. All of us were, like, literally all of us were together at Crystal's house. So it's interesting how four years later, now we're all, like, uh, distanced from each other. Right. You know, can't even see each other because of this uh, pandemic. And then on top of everyone trying to process the, the changes <clears throat> that are going to be taking place. For me, I am absolutely disassociating (laughs) no question about it yes um even just me kind of tapping into twitter earlier today and seeing how there's a lot of panic um, a lot of fear-mongering too you know i saw someone post um like a list of like a first aid kit to pack you know telling you to pack a weekend bag like do you have your gun this that and the other granted okay, that's a checklist that, you know, you can't knock. Maybe someone will feel safer and more secure having all of that. But I, for me, it just felt 
I was like, okay, y'all, <laughs> like sharing that kind of information just felt really overwhelming. And so yeah. the best that I could do was I did see Dr. Joy. Shout out to Dr. Joy. who Love yes, Dr. Dr. Joy. Joy. Thank black, you, Dr. Joy. Thank you for your work. Her uh, black, th- what is it? Therapy for black girls. She has, unfortunately, it'll be over by the time you guys are listening to this. But she created a self-care room that has game night, journaling, guided wow. meditations, chats. It's like an all-day room from 11 a.m. to like midnight. Love it. And Aww. it's basically just tapping in, you know, with each other and and in a healthy way because that's the thing with disassociating. It's not just about getting fucked up and pretending shit ain't happening, but it's because <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to help nobody as much as we enjoy doing that. Um, but I like that she's... It's a healthy disassociation where you can mm, really yes. tap into what you're feeling and process it in community, which we've talked about the importance of community in times nice. like this. So shout out to Dr. Joy for always being a pillar of the community, especially the mental health community. Yes. So I will be more along, you know, those lines, just burning my resins, listening to my music, eating my good ass food. Yes, friend. Checking in on my friends because I'm sure we're all going to be texting each other throughout the night <laughs> and tapping into uh, how each other is feeling, make sure everyone's good. But outside of that, I'm definitely not going to really be tapped into the news or the internet just because that's my sanity. I can't, I don't I have no interest in keeping up with it like yeah. whatsoever because it, it's it's just gonna be what it is and i think exactly. if you're like you know we can't control it at this point so mm-hmm. what you can control is how you allow the news to control your day so That's just real. wanted to check in with you guys those of you listening definitely share with us on twitter soundcloud comments and however else you reach us what your self-care plan was for today or where you tapped in. <laughs> I saw someone share a gift where they were like, in the morning, they were like, I'm going to unplug from, the, you know, the internet for my mental health. And then they showed a <laughs> gift of them secretly scrolling <laughs> on their bed. Because that's how it's going to be. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I Doom just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know what's going on. I just want to stay abreast of what's going on, but I'm not going to... Like I said, I'm not going to oversaturate myself with unnecessary. You know your limits. Yeah, I'm going to. Exactly. I know my limits. That's it. Yeah. So definitely tap in with us and and let us know even just your self-care plan for the week. Because honestly, whichever these results go, this week is going to be a doozy this month, the rest of this year, the next four years. So tap in and let us know how you're feeling are you dissociating disassociating i can't get the word out or are you scrolling and staying abreast of the information mm-hmm. and that's it for this week's wellness segment mr music man what you got for us this week all right all right it's the music man segment and it's another week with a lot of music that's been happening man. so of, of course we recorded on the tuesday last tuesday the bt hip-hop awards actually aired and there were a lot of performances and ciphers and just, you know, cute little things that I want to touch on really, really quickly. Um, uh, Mulatto actually did a performance. She did a, a little medley. <laughs> oh, that's right. Big Lotto. <laughs> she did Youngest and Richest, Bitch, Bitch from the South and Muwap. And she killed it. She looked great. 
Um, Gucci came out from Moab. I'm loving everything that's happening from Mulatto. She's having a great, great time glowing up. Uh, you know, she actually started off on reality TV way back in the day. Um, Wait, Jermaine what? Dupri- she was on uh, Jermaine Dupri show. Like, when he was looking for an artist? Yeah, and, and Mulatto was on there. Like, she mm-hmm. was young. Holy she shit. was super, super young. And she already young. But uh, she was on the show. It was called The Rap Game. And, oh, wow. Yep. On See, that's why so. when people be like, oh, there's so many rap girls, you know, they just coming out of nowhere. I'm like, uh, no, a lot of these girls have been grinding been and it just it. happens to be that the portal was open where they can get through, actually, you know, because mm-hmm. look at just because we just heard them don't mean they haven't been out here putting 10, 15 years in even as teenagers. So I'm glad to hear that. That's right. That's right. So. Uh, the bitch from the south did her thing. She looks great. <laughs> Pop, you know, she really popped out on him. It's, it's a nice little glow up. She's been on a spree, really killing features, and also dropping her own tracks, killing it. So, just want to make I sure. I forgot I that was out. the album name. I was like, not you calling her the bitch from the south. I mean, well, you know, that <laughs> was that was one of those. The, the, like, why would I just, you know? I mean, I would anyway. Okay. Uh, so, last week we talked about Ty Dolla Sign. He performed with uh, Big Sean and Janaiko, uh Body Language. And they all look great. You know, I always loved uh, Janae and Ty, uh, Janae and Ty, excuse me, Janae and Sean together. The 2088, I don't know when we get another album, but we need another album. Sean, um, they're working on it. They just, I just love their, like, everything about their aesthetic, uh, sonically and visually. Like, just mm. just dope. Like That, that woo-woo love. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, in, in, now, now, personally... <laughs> Personally, ain't none of my business. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to take what I can from the music, but outside of that, I ain't trying to step out of line because, you know, they post their things on social media. And some artists, I just try to stay away from. And it's no shade to either one of them, but there was just a time where there was mystique. So I just try to provide that for myself when given. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never listened to that album. Mm. The 2088? Never. Oh, It's good, friend. You, you, I'm sure it is. I don't know why I never felt called to it, but I need to just mm. like sit with it. It'll still be a, a nice treat, I promise you. Like, like even today, like right now, even even tomorrow, even probably at the top of the year, probably ne- next summer. It'll like it'll still vibe. It's just timeless. Well, I'll, it I'll is. definitely in my disassociation this <laughs> today. I will definitely rap. You know, go ahead and listen to that project. And if you even want to, because you know I'm all about the YouTube now. You know, the algorithm might not help you out, but go ahead and check them out on the YouTube just so you can go ahead and look at the videos too. Mm, um <clears throat> also uh there's a couple more performances i might go back to but the cyphers were happening um there was a cypher with a day buddy flo millie and deontay hitchcock i definitely want to shout that out because i have to give praise to my girl flo millie she's been out here doing her thing um a day and buddy did their thing too but i just really want to shout out flo millie um flo millie you know that's my girl you know she represented from mobile alabama we talk mm-hmm. my girls from the south you know that's the south right there too I've just been feeling her. I talked about her on this show. People, y'all know what's up. She looked great. She killed her part on the cypher, and it was the shit. Also, since we're talking about the South, Deontay Hitchcock, who uh, finalized that cypher, he's from Atlanta, Georgia, just dropped a project. Um, he did a really, really great job, and I wanted to make sure I shouted him out as well. Um, Deontay, Deontay Hitchcock. Um, I don't think I've talked about him on the show here before, but I'm probably going to talk about a song for listens lately for him. There were other ciphers. Notably, I want to make sure I shout out Rhapsody because she killed hers. I also want to shout out Chica because, you know, that's the homegirl and she always Chica! shuts the fuck down. <laughs> Why I mean, we both scream Chica? Because Chica Baby, always a, shuts I'm the fuck fan. down. 
Chica always shuts it the fuck down. So I want to make Chica, sure. I, yo, Chica's funny as hell. Y'all follow her uh, on Twitter. Of course. Hilarious. I promise you. Oh I promise my you, God. She needs a fucking TV show. Like, I'm talking like Adult Swim style. Like, I, so I don't know. Funny, I want to see her on with Snoop Dogg smoking. Like, she's amazing at every fucking thing she does. So shout out to Chica. Um, and I also want to just give a special shout out to Flawless Real Talk because he was on that Netflix show that I liked and he killed his part in the cipher. Um, yeah, lots of lots of uh, wonderful Last treats. Last name Bardu, first name Erica. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, Man, Erica, that was tight. Erica killed that cipher. Um, they had Brandy's I Want to Be Down playing. Was it I Want to Be Down or was it... Um, yeah, because it was kind of like the I Want to Be Down remix with... Okay. Um, yes, remember yes, with yes, Queen yes, Latifah yes. and Yo-Yo yes. and who else is on it? So the updated version is uh, Tiana Taylor, uh, her, and Brandy was still on there with Erica Badu. So if y'all haven't checked that out, y'all definitely have to check that out to hear Erica Badu Yo, kill it. Yo, Erica's verse, I, let me tell you how many times I played that back to back. It was her Michelle she's Obama so cool. mama had a verse on there too. In the <laughs> Michelle Obama mama. Wasn't she in the cypher too? No. She was I killing me because. Yeah, let y'all know. You know, Erica was sounding so. <laughs> Erica was sounding so Andre 3000 to me. I was like, ooh. I love like that. It. You know, when Speaking they Speaking of that. Andre 3000, shout out to DJ uh, Josh J out of Atlanta, who yes. had an incredible Andre 3000 com- costume uh, for Halloween this year. Shout right. out to Josh J. Yes. That's the homie. I will. I'm going to show it to you. It was so dope. But he did. He was Andre and Shout 3000. out to Andre 3000 just because. Just the fuck because. Just because it's Tuesday. Icon, okay. Yes, they both awesome. They deserve shout outs. Awesome DJ, awesome in music. Oh wow, yeah, that is dope. That's yep. crazy. Yep, he did an incredible Andre 3000. So shout out to you, Josh J, super talented DJ and ass. For real, for That's real. Dope. And he has a, a show on SoundCloud where he does a mix. He talks in it. So make sure y'all check him out on SoundCloud if y'all want to hear some mixes too. Okay. Um, <laughs> last couple things I want to talk about with the hip hop, uh, the BET Hip Hop Awards, uh, City Girls. They they killed it. They did a, a performance of Kitty Talk and Jobs. They mm-hmm. JT and Carisha. They're so cute. They are so cute. They looked like they were having so much fun. They, they were looked great. Yay. They, I mean, it was a great performance all around. So and I that just, was a production too, by the way. They had super some money. That was a budget behind that production. Come super production. All those costuming and shit. I love the City Girls. Shit. Yes, <laughs> they definitely like. I do. I've been loving the City Girls. From I day love one. them too. I love That's their personalities sick. though, because I can't. I'll be honest. I don't know their music like that, except mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. singles that have dropped, obviously. Mm-hmm. But their personalities, mm-hmm. like especially I, their relationship with Santana and just the banter, it. like they're just love funny it. as hell. They are amazing, and they continue to be amazing with their performance, and they continue to be amazing with the songs they just dropped. But we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Um, I want to make sure I shout out the performance because they did such a great job. But the last performance that I want to shout out was I want to make sure I shout out um tobin weekwake hope i'm pronouncing your name right because you have an extended version and i really can't pronounce that version but you know you was just really getting it in on the show so i had to make sure i shouted you out because the performance of the night really 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 had to go to him um yeah he, he did like a medley of songs um or try jesus and He's then so talented so so talented great like beautiful set beautiful the aesthetics too uh, like colors. all his visuals is just always so dope too like he oh. really knows what the fuck he's doing oh my god like always so <laughs> i, I try to make sure like if you saw his name and you 
didn't click on the video, you need to go back and do it. You're making a huge mistake. And if you're wondering why I'm saying that, you're like, you're an idiot. Of course I clicked it. Then you're on the right track. And then I'm being stupid. And I'm he so happy to He has the song be. with PJ. Did you see? Mm-hmm. I didn't see the song with PJ, but I've been watching some of his... I've been going back and going to some of the visuals I've been missing. Like, I didn't see he had a song with Paul Wall. Like, I've been missing out on some shit. So I got to go yeah, back into he the, just, the It just dropped this week and it's called Ashamed with PJ Morton and they have a visual for it. Super dope too. Super cool to to see PJ in that aesthetic because it's so Mm -hmm. different from his, but the song is great and they sound great. Well, that's it. I want to make sure I gave a quick rundown the BET Hip Hop Awards. Um, Really fast, doubling back to songs that came out. I want to start out with City Girls, Flute Out. It's a song that they have featuring Lil Baby. Uh, There's a video out. Uh, Again, they look great. It's uh, great production, great visual. Um, I have to shout them out because, you know, we talk about how much we love the city girls. And I just want to share my vision because, you know, after we manifest like we manifest things here on this show. And, you know, I have a wild, vivid imagination. And sometimes things are going to happen and I want them to happen because I said they happen. And maybe they're just going to happen because they're supposed to happen. But shit, I'm, here we go. City girls, I cannot wait for y'all to release solo music and still make music together just to show how y'all both be killing shit. So I don't know at the top of the year or sometime next summer if y'all going to start dropping like solo shit and then seeing like who going to kill shit and then like coming back and talking shit uh, to each other uh, on the track. Like I think that would just be cute somewhere down the road. I don't know. I just can't wait to see that because um, we're at this point to where people are always and some may have always said they want to see one or the other solo. So I think that they're both so strong that it'd be dope to see them solo, but still say, well, we are still a group. So don't get it fucked up. You know, City Girls for Life, period. But we we so tough that, you know, sometimes we just want to get on shit here and there because this is what we want to do solo to show you all who the fuck we are. But we still them bitches together like Voltron. So that's it. That's really what I wanted to get into for that. Now we can just really move on into the listens lately. So I really want to get into y'all's boom boxes and figure out what y'all been rocking. <laughs> boom boxes. <laughs> you know, when I was back home in Atlanta, I got to look at all my old shit and I found where I have my old like Sony CD player. I had an old oh, Zoom sad. player. I had an old like Nokia, uh, not a Nokia, a Samsung flip phone. And on the top, it had like the the um, the pause and play and shit i was like these phones are all useless today like all these devices are gonna be laughed at today yes (laughs) but for what have you been listening to lately i need to know um i checked out the omarion project it's called uh, omarion omarion the connection (laughs) but it's spelled k-i-n-e-c-t-i-o-n and i listened to it spell what (laughs) (laughs) how you spell it k-i-n E C T I O N, like kinetic it's about connection. Yeah. <laughs> what do he know about? No, here we go again with the I mean, Ben Carson shit, doing something no. you ain't got no business doing, talking about some shit you ain't got no business talking about. We no. don't know what Omario knows. We let know? him slide with Icebox, knowing he ain't never took no HVAC, no refrigerating, <laughs> oh cooling, God. no trade <laughs> classes, nowhere. You ain't got nobody's journeyman's car, no certificates. No, 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 none of that. But okay, Omarion, kinetics. Let's go. So connection, and I listened through it, and there's some gems on it. I haven't actually. Mm-hmm. I realized too that I hadn't actually sat and listened to an Omarion project in hella long. Mm. Um, probably not since his Icebox days. Truth be told, no, that was the jam. Right when right. he was no, working with, with the clutch. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you when you write. Right. Icebox the, was the shit. <laughs> shout out to the clutch, but. He did have a song in it that I really enjoy called In It. Did you hear that one? 
uh, Asante in it. Actually, like London not... people. <laughs> London people be like in it. You are just. So, oh my! They do, y'all know London bloke. Y'all know them blokes be like. Now um, I can't say the title. They be like in it, it. in it, in it. They be like in it. I love it. That's some London shit. I'm with it. What up, London? What up? LDN, I fuck with London. Hire me for some book. Me for some shit in London. Hire me, London. I want to come over there and fuck with y'all, man. I will wear my mask. Whoa. In it, in it. In it, Whoa. and this is how it goes. On the balcony, the prophet's sweet is way up. Far as I can see, I got a clean layup. I can hit it from the night until the day up. She can stay the night if she can make a stay up. She acknowledging the nigga cause I'm paid up. But you a college chick, you need to get your grades up. I ain't interested by all the shit you made up. I just really wanna see what you made up. I love fuck, she fuck the love, see me on it. Uh, she fuck it up, I fucking love when she perform it. So much. I know because you ruined it. Now I can't so say much. it without hearing in it. <laughs> when I'm in it. <laughs> in it. But, but is that song not dope though? It, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's very just dope. it's a vibe. It feels good. It kind of reminds you of that. It reminds you that Omarion can sing. He has a nice yes. tone, you know, and, and I think I remember you saying, Asante, that you were kind of disappointed in this project because you felt like he was trying to be too like hanging with the new kids. And, Eric and Bellinger their was the name I couldn't think of when I was saying that. But he, there was a song that he had out, and I was like, "You're trying to be like Eric Bellinger and that camp," and which is crazy not, because most people are trying to be like Omarion from back right. in the day. So everyone's just chasing each other, and it's just like, just make what you make because mm-hmm. I love Omarion's voice, and I think this track stood out to me from the whole project. Because it just felt more like him. And I'm talking shit because I don't know, Mario. I don't know what feels like him. This could very well be what he wants to make. But I did like this track. And, and it was my personal favorite. I want to um, see him dance to it. I mean, I, I, I too would like to see that. Because Omarion, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That is a dancing machine. Oh, what? Okay, he can dance a his performer ass now. He's That's a full, right yeah, a full performer. And when I went to that damn, um, what was the concert that they had? The B2K concert. What was it called? The um, the Millennium Re- Experience. The Millennium Tour. Yep. Yeah. When I, when I went to that tour, you could see the difference between Omarion, Mario, um, and some of the other people that were a part of that tour because those two were seasoned performers they have not they you could just the mm-hmm. polish the level of um showmanship that they they exhibited on stage it was just different from the other people that were there and you right. could tell marion has really been serious about his craft he's had hits he's he's legitimate and he's talented so i'm and talking b2k shit, was I, massive I you know mm-hmm. like yeah. 
they was doing massive ass tours. So that song, the Can You Hear Me Now with T Pain? That was, I think, the first single off this project. When I heard this, when I heard that song, I remember of being this? like, Yeah. Okay. The, Can You Hear Me Now? I remember being like, Oh shit. Like, Omarion got some, like, that's some shit right there. Cause it felt mm-hmm. very, like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it felt very organic. It felt like very, like, you know, Omarion on some move, something shit. And then he working with T Pain and either one of them trying. They just sound like they, like, themselves. Like, T Pain had a, a smidgen of auto tune and that player, like, uh, three rings and, you know, whatever facade he had going on. It sounded very much like themselves. So when I hear him kind of branch off, it would be cool if it felt like an evolved sound, but it just felt like, not necessarily throwaways, but somebody else is doing this. So, like, why? But I yeah. need to go back and, and sit with the whole album all over again. He but got a song th- on there with Wale that's dope, too. Mutual? Yeah, I think that's a nice song, too. That's one of my hardest songs. I need to go back and listen to See, it. See, you felt it. It's, it's one of those, know. you know, when you're doing that quick listen through, uh-huh. that it's, you kind of see the ones that jump out and um in it and mutual jumped i can't say it now mutual jumped out (laughs) we'll never look at it the same ever and so um the second song i want to highlight today so you mentioned mulatto but there's an artist producer named mulatte don't know if you're familiar (laughs) oh no oh no it's spelled m-o m-o-o L A T T E, and they have a song with my Hell fave. Hell no, Moo Latte. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. I knew it. <laughs> Moo Latte. Okay. All wow. right. No, we know you. We know you don't need no non dairy creamer. Okay. <laughs> wow. And they have a song with my fave, my forever fave, Iman Omari. And the song is called Movement. And this is, and I found it through my release radar playlist. Shout Mm. out to Spotify for that. And this is how it goes. All the vibes I'm approving. Come get right with the movement. Don't be scared, don't you do it. If you're not showing proof. Omari's melodies and his harmonies. He just, I'm a, he could sing about trash bags and I'll be happy. <laughs> He's just that why. good. He's so dope, man. I, I'm like such a fan of his. His voice is so beautiful. So, Mulate <laughs> and Iman Omari, and the song is called Movement. And then, right, and those are my two picks for today. All right, all right. Dustin Ross, what you got? Shout out to Kid Fury. Shout out to T.S. Madison. This one's from Miami. Um, Oh, I was like, they got a song? What the fuck? (laughs) I was like, damn. (laughs) If they had one, 
<laughs> I bet you it would sound like this. Shout out to Miami. This one is for y'all. This is DJ Uncle Al. Bass is going to blow your mind with a legendary intro. When you hear this song start off, if you know, you know. Here we go. That's all I'm gonna give y'all this week. You know what I'm saying? We done been through a lot. We done been through a lot. This is a crazy week. I wanted something with good energy to give us up and invigorated and with the shit and dancing because we're gonna dance our pain away. Um, (laughs) And in fact, in fact, hold on one second. Yeah, you got something else for us. I know that ain't all you got. Yep. The second song. The second song in the vein of posting um and, and sharing good energy music and upbeat music to help us dance our pain away why not play the song by dj k swift rest in peace to k swift but this song is called dance my pain away and this one goes out to baltimore shout out to be more everybody out there this one is for y'all I got My story, bill collectors on me. Have to file bankruptcy. Need some help from somebody. Yonder bills are stacking up. I'm desperate to make a buck. I played the lottery today. Won't you please wish me? I'm gonna dance my pain away. I got problems. Dance my pain away. I got problems. That's my pet. Shout out to that's one a of my, real ass song. Who's that's yeah. my pain away by K Swift, DJ wow. K Swift. Hell Rest yeah. in peace to K Swift. RIP for real. I Shout out to my okay, like whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> Um, now shout I out got to, problems. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> my dear friend DeAndre Moore, shout good. out to DeAndre Moore from Detroit because DeAndre used to play them club <laughs> mixes and shit back in the day when I lived in Detroit. I remember one time people used to always ask him, like, Who is that? you know, because it would be like mixes and shit. <laughs> and so one day we was the, uh, somebody asked, Hey, who is that song you playing? and DeAndre was like, K Swift, shit, and pulled off. <laughs> Shout out to DeAndre. You probably won't even hear this, but shout out to DeAndre Moore. <laughs> They're my two picks for the week. Um, DJ Uncle Al, 
uh, motherfucking bass is gonna blow your mind and K Swift dance my pain away because we gonna be all right. Thank you. <laughs> well, amen. Um, I have, there was a lot of music that I listened to. The, I'm just gonna share one song and I'm just gonna you know call out the rest and hopefully if you get to it you get to it. But in the event that you don't, you know hopefully it'll give us a little run back. But um, the song that I want to shout out is Gwen Bunn. She dropped this song uh, over a month ago, and I, I think I, I don't know if I shouted it out, but I meant to shout it out. But Gwen Bunn dropped a song with Faith Evans, and it's called Between the Lines. And it's mm-hmm. so pretty, and I just, I liked it, and I, I just forgot to share it. So here it goes. So that <laughs> right, you know that that little low cooing, you know, do a little something to me, you know. I just really enjoyed that. So I like Gwen Bun. I've enjoyed her before. I think I shot her out on the show before, but that song has Faith Evans on it, and I cut it off right at a you know snippet of Faith Evans because it's always good to hear you know some of the old school doing a little bit of the new school, but you know still staying true to what they do. So. That was what I wanted to share as far as what I'm listening to, um, as far as what I want to play, rather. But if you really want to get into what I'm listening to, um, I, oh, actually, well, no, I'm not going to play it. But like I said before, Deontay Hitchcock, he dropped a project. It's called Better. It's a deluxe version of you know his project. But it's got a lot of great features on there. But he is just a really, really, really dope rapper. But if you're in it for the feature game, J.I.D.'s on there. Young Nudie, Ro James, who we love here. Uh, Kenny Mason, Reason, Black. Guap Dad 4000. There's just a lot of great people. Uh, Satan Beauty. I mean, just amazing features on here. Um, it is actually the 10 tracks from the original version, and then there's 10 more tracks from since it's the deluxe. So you get a total of 20 tracks in case you never t- checked out this project or in case it's your first time checking them out. Also, lastly, I wanted to shout out because I talked about them so much and I didn't want to play more music because I feel like I played a few of their songs. Good Girl, they've dropped their project. Good, And the project is called Good Girl. Um, they're a girl group out of Philadelphia. The YouTube algorithm finally gave me a little bit of an origin. In 2016, they were on America's Got Talent. They performed in front of Simon Cowell and company. And um, they did an okay job to Simon. And, you know, he was like, you know, in case y'all get to the next level, I'm going to want more from you. And they were just like, okay. I did not watch to see how far that they made it on the show because fast forward to 2020. They look great, sound great. They've given me great visuals. And now they've given me eight great songs. So check out Good Girls Project, Good Girl. And they have a ton of visuals out already. There's only one feature on the project, by the way, and that's with Mulatto, and that's called Thirsty. And there's already a visual out for that song. These bitches so thirsty! (laughs) See, there you go. Boom! Fury played that for me and put me up on. See? So shout out to Good Girl. They them bitches. Uh, Fuck with them over here. Family all around. And that's going to do it for the Music Man segment. Now I want to go on ahead and give it on to TV Land. Dustin Ross, what else have you been watching outside of Tamar Braxton? Get your life. 
Um, a lot of good stuff has been on television um, lately, but you're on your own to find it. The one thing that I do want to talk about <laughs> is the Real Housewives of Potomac. So two things. Let's just talk Real Housewives this week. Again, remember, we're all going to watch this upcoming first season of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City as a family. It's going to yes. be something that we discuss here on the Friend Zone. I'm down. Again, that premiere is coming up within the next two weeks. Look out for that on Bravo TV. Speaking of other premieres on Bravo TV, the trailer for the Real Housewives of Atlanta season 13 premiered last week. Um, we do know that it is coming. There are only five peach holders this year. That's different because they haven't had only five peach holders since season two of the show. There's always been six and or seven. So mm. the peach holders that are returning this year are none other than Cynthia Bailey, my girl, uh, Portia Williams, Candy Burris Tucker, and um, who else is coming back? Portia Candy, e Portia Candy. Oh, and Kenya Moore, duh, Kenya Moore. Um, the new peach holder is Drew Sedora, actress. Oh, that's um, right. Yep. Um, actress and um, performer, I guess. Does she sing too? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But Drew, Drew Sedora, she's I an actress. So. She's a new housewife. There is a new friend to the show, Latoya Ali, Latoya Forever on YouTube. Um, she has been added to the cast as a friend of the show. And from what I'm hearing um, from great sources like The Peach Report, which is the best account to follow for news on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Follow the Peach Report daily on Instagram and on Twitter. They are the best for all of the information, credible information, credible hints, never giving away too much of the plot line of the season, but giving you actual credible factual hints as to what's going on and keeping you abreast of casting news and things like that. So shout out to the Peach Report daily. But um, we did know that LaToya is filming like crazy. She's going to have one of those heavily involved friend of the cast roles like Marlo Hampton has had for the past few seasons. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing her on the show. Um, there's a couple other newbies that are going to be making some noise. And so it's going to be really good. Season 13 is going to be good. And from what, what I'm is, also hearing. What mm -hmm. does that mean when someone's a friend? Like, why not? Do Is it a way to test them with the audience? Yes and no. Um, there's a couple different things that play into the network and production company's decision to cast someone as a quote unquote peach holder or full-time housewife versus a friend to the show and it's usually because there's a part of their life that they are not able to or not willing to show to the world so okay. um like in latoya's case um the murmurings are that her husband she's going through um some challenges in her marriage is right in her marriage right now um mm -hmm. with her husband and he didn't want to film with the kids. He didn't want the kids filmed on TV and on camera. And he didn't want her family being a part of her storyline. And so that kind of limited her potential to be mm, a full-time peach holder. And the rumors are that she was always intended to be a peach holder. And this was an ongoing conversation, you know, between him, her, her ex, her husband and the producers as to whether or not he would allow his kids to be involved. And ultimately he said, no, that kind of limited what she could show, um, you know, on camera. And she had to be 
um, featured as a friend. But again, I want to stress that Latoya's name has been in every single headline I've read about this upcoming season. So she's heavily entrenched in the storylines. We won't be missing her. And it's actually probably going to be a situation where we wish that she could have been classified as a full-time peach holder because she was that relevant to all the storylines. So right. I'm looking forward to seeing her on there, but it's going to be good. And she's um, going to bring a shit ton of traffic because she has uh, a yeah. huge following. Huge following. And everybody's going to be excited to see that for her. So mm-hmm. I know I'll be watching. And I actually subscribed to her YouTube channel because hey. I found out that she was going to be on the show. So I really <laughs> like what I've seen. Um, she so making that's season coming. two. She better go on ahead and renegotiate the that contract since they got that freed up money. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know. So also, though, what I want to talk about this week is The Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, I'm not sure. Did you watch this Sunday's episode of Sante? I think it watched me. You know, it was one of those. Okay, so (laughs) there was a moment where um, Wendy Osefo, Dr. Wendy Osefo, she's a PhD and she has four degrees Mm. and she loves telling us that on this show. Yes, and I'm glad they ran the reel back. She's a a new cast member, new addition to the cast this season, no real personal ties to anyone on this show. And you have to remember that this show is about um, a group of women who have known each other for years. They go way, way back. So Wendy being thrown into the mix, she's kind of tried to find her footing. And unfortunately, she made the mistake that a lot of people who are new to like an ensemble cast make. And that is her trying to... Um, gain relevance through confrontation or attachment to confronting someone who's been there longer than her. And unfortunately, she chose Karen Huger to do this with, and it just was a bad choice all around because Karen don't play. So much so that Karen retweeted um, a video clip of a conversation she had with Wendy on this past Sunday's episode and captioned it, you don't want this smoke, hashtag RHOP. And the scene she was referring to was a scene at a table. They were at an event celebrating a uh, a baseball hat line that Robin Dixon is coming out with called embellished that Giselle Bryant said, and what is it called? Embezzled. And they fell out. That was funny. Um, However, Giselle's been running her mouth, right? Embezzled. Instantly. (laughs) Giselle's been running her mouth, starting shit, running things back from one person to the next. And she's hyped Wendy up to confront Karen over nothing. She said that Karen um, was making fun of Whitney's degrees and questioning her degrees. And she wasn't, she just said she's a doctor, but of what, you know, whatever. That's it. She wasn't questioning her degrees, whatever. But Wendy, of course, because she's grasping for straws to hang on to for relevance, she chose to make this something that she wanted to confront Karen about and drop all these stats to Karen Hewlett about how less than 2% of the population has a PhD and there's more MDs than PhDs. So if a black woman, because, you know, she had to make it a black woman issue, she said, you know, if a black woman has a PhD, you should be celebrating and not tearing it down and blah, blah, blah and all this shit. To which... Karen responded with something that I thought was so perfect that I am not even going to try to communicate it myself. I'm just going to play it for y'all. So here's Karen's response to Wendy saying that even though she don't brag on her degrees, you should have more respect for me as a black woman with this degree and so uplifted and not make fun of it and all this shit. And here is how Karen, the grand dame Huger, responded. to go a little something like this. Do I get to talk? Do you understand? Let let her respond. But let's be very clear. You and I, each time we have an issue, it's based upon interpretation of what I have said to someone, okay? This is always taken out of context and always 
Say it with a hint of funk to it. Understand that I understand the power of education. I come from an extremely educated family, and even though I do not have a degree, not I, hold one. on, not near one, don't need one, because I'm one of those people that succeed, Wendy. God is good. I've been blessed with the spirit of entrepreneur, and I'm doing a damn thing. And, you know, there are a lot of people in this country that do not have degrees. My mother said this, and I stand by this. Common oh, sense is a saving grace, and baby, you can't buy it, and I got it. You can't buy it, and I got it. Checkmate. Now, that's why you don't dip your toe in a pool if you don't know how hot that water is. Stop trying to start arguments because you're going to end up looking stupid on TV. What you did came off as haughty and as if you were touting these four degrees over Karen's head and acting like she wasn't able to grasp certain concepts and, you know, you were to be this deity of education and respected you know, because you had this PhD. <laughs> Girl, don't nobody give a fuck about your degrees. And Karen let her ask her. She said, and Karen told her, although I. Deity of education. I'm sorry. That needs to be the title. That's the title. Deity of education. That's it. She did. You know what I'm saying? Like, you some deity of education. Girl, you ain't the uh, the, the math pope. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so she's going to say, so Karen told her, she said, you know what? No, I don't have my own degree. And Wendy's going to say, not nan one, not nan one. And Karen said, not nan one, don't need one because I'm one of those people that succeeds, Wendy. God is good. He blessed Ooh. me with the opportunity, with the uh, spirit of entrepreneurship, and I am doing the damn thing. Let her have it. And that's what I'm talking about. That's how you get a motherfucker up off of you when they're trying to force an issue. Karen tore her ass up, and we love to see it. And went on to imitate the way that Wendy was walking down the steps in front of her face and had the whole room laughing. And they did the walk out of the door. All of them. Everyone. (laughs) Even even she fell in line and did it, too. Because she big. And what happened was, if you really want to tell it, what happened was she started laughing. She couldn't even like hold back the desire to laugh because you know why, you guys? She wasn't really mad in the first place. Like I said, she was grasping for some sort of confrontation to attach herself to to be relevant. And this is why you don't do it because you end up getting embarrassed and exposed as a person who was doing it just for those reasons. So if you get a chance, Watch that episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac. Also, look out for season 13 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Also, watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because we, as in myself, Francesca, and Asante, we're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it. I'm so, ready. Invitation to you all. And that, my dears, is all I have to say. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you so much. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.